For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are through 12 weeks of the NFL season. Week 13 is here as Ike, we're recording this on Thursday after the Steelers' victory on Wednesday over the Baltimore Ravens. But really, Bet Online is the place to go. They've got game spreads, totals, team player, and coaching props. Bet Online really is the place to be this football season, Ike. Yeah, make sure y'all bet online, man. Bet online and take care of me and Mark since we pretty much started even still this podcast. So appreciate Bet Online for doing this. And yes, this is a Friday. And the only reason why we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers on a Friday is because they was postponed since last Thursday. It's Friday Eve, Ike. It's Friday Eve. Friday Eve. You know what? Thanks for making me look good, Mark. That's why <laughs> that's why we partners. You know, but yeah, this is the reason why we're doing this on Thursday. Pittsburgh Steelers played the Baltimore Ravens last night, you know, and um, it was a it was an okay performance. Uh, uh, when I mean by okay, as Coach Tomlin would say, it was a junior varsity performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole. Mark, we let me wrap up this ad read and we'll get right into it. Ike, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. And Ike, we're going to be breaking down Wednesday afternoon football. We're recording this the Thursday afterwards. Steelers taking care of business 19-14 to against the Baltimore Ravens. And I know you mentioned that junior varsity performance, which is Mike Tomlin's words, not my own but also losing Bud Dupree at the linebacker, the outside linebacker position for the Steelers is really going to be a tough loss for this team moving forward. I tell you what, I think the big question coming in, Ike, is whether this team can run the table and remain undefeated through the course of the regular season, but even at 11-0 and and losing Dupree in this one, I don't see any way that that happens. So you lost two first-round impactful guys on defense. You lost Devin Bush earlier this season, and now you're losing Bud Dupree both on first-rounders. And what made Bud Dupree so special so far was you just couldn't tee off on T.J. Watt because you had to deal with Bud Dupree. So whichever week it was, whichever game plan it was, Bud Dupree will ball, ball out, and we all know what T.J. Watt do. And that was vice versa. Now you got Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. What Bud Dupree did, he set the tone in the run game for the edge. And, and, and I love T.J. Watt, but we all know T.J. Watt want to get his sack. And what Bud Dupree brought to the table was a sense of balance. You know, I can also rush the quarterback, but at the same time, I'm not going to let you run to my side, so say. And if you watched tape last night, that's what happened with TJ. They was letting TJ run free, letting the guards pull, letting the tight ends get up to the linebackers because they knew how aggressive TJ Watt was trying to get to the pass rusher. 
the balance that Bud brings is it, it, it's a patient balance. And as an edge rusher, you love your stats. You love getting your sacks. You love doing your dances. But you got to do something. You you got to have a want to in doing something that's that's not concerning your stats or your major abilities, and that's stopping the run. And that's what Bud did well. Bud came into his own last year. You know, even though he's a first-round draft pick and he was drafted before a year before T.J. Watt, you know, you, you, it was it was a lot of speculation on Bud not playing up to Bud potential and how he's playing now. The last two years, Bud been balling. You know what I'm saying? And he's taking ownership on being a professional, professional training with T.J. Watt and his family, and you can just see the camaraderie between the two. You know what I'm saying? So now, game planning as an offense coordinator, like I said earlier. You just can't tee off on TJ because you got to deal with Bud. You know what I'm saying? So now that blind side tackle had to be on their P's and Q's, had to know Bud wasn't playing any games on that side. And it's just sad to see because it's his contract here. You know, like Bud signed this franchise extension for that tag. But man, it's like going into the offseason. It's like, damn, man, like I'm, I didn't put everything I needed to put in my last two years. I've been balling now in this. In this game, a game which is very meaningful on both sides, a divisional game, a rivalry game, I wound up getting hurt. And the accident didn't look that bad. It was just like a freak, a little freak accident. And going into the offseason, I know it's going to suck, but I know Bud will get to his rehab and he'll find a way. And it's going to hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers is because, like I say, you're missing two first-round draft picks on that defense, you know, and two impactful guys on that defense. And yeah, they're eleven and zero, but it doesn't look like a peaking eleven and zero, so say you know. And that's why Coach Tomlin was so frustrated. Like, man, they they down bad over there. What I mean, the Ravens by the Ravens being down bad, damn, they have they starting crew or the impactful guys over there. They ain't even playing, and we just squeeze out nineteen to fourteen. We didn't play a game. We didn't play a good game at all, and. Coach T is seeing down the line. Yeah, he know they probably got five or six games left, but around this time, you see, you see Tennessee Titans, they starting to peak. You know what I'm saying? You see the Buffalo Bills, they starting to peak. You see the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they, they starting to peak. Around this time, you want to you be peaking. And from Coach Tomlin's standpoint, and I'm just guessing, and this, this is just my personal opinion, he felt like, man, how we played, how we played last night, we wanted in a, a perfecting performance, especially the guys they had over there on their roster who was on the field with us. This definitely should have been a blowout. Yeah, and I think points were left on the table with red zone execution and credit Baltimore's defense for playing extremely well in the red zone during Wednesday afternoon's game. It's still so goofy to say Wednesday afternoon football, but a lot of the casual fans are going to say, well, Lamar Jackson was out, and that's why the Ravens didn't do well. The Ravens elevated 11 players off the practice squad for yesterday's game, Ike. And I know the Steelers were without James Conner and were without Marquise Pouncey, but this game, maybe it was the points left on the table with the poor red zone execution from an offensive standpoint, but... I would have liked to see this game, just for the way that it was played, it should not have been as close as it was. And I'm watching, and it's like, before the Ravens put Trace McSorley in, who hadn't completed a pass since his college days at Penn State in 2019, 
The Ravens, for most of the game, had five yards passing, really until McSorley came in, connects with Hollywood Brown, and then it's a a one-score game, and it's like, what is going on in this one? And it it was really sloppy, Ike. It was really, really sloppy. And I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of, okay, you can get by Baltimore in the Week 12 matchup, a beat-up Baltimore Ravens team and a team that's also dealing with COVID-19 issues. But Mm. what happens when the Steelers team plays the best of the best in the AFC as we head down the stretch run into the postseason? And that's my big concern, especially considering that now you don't have Bud Dupree. We obviously know Devin Bush is out. And, okay, next man up, I totally get that. At the same time, there's no way to sugarcoat this, Ike. It just sucks for the Steelers, and it sucks for Bud Dupree because – you're having a guy who's played out of his mind the last two seasons, a guy who's about to, how you like to say it, secure the bag, a guy playing on the franchise tag. In the immediate future, it's going to be difficult to replace his level of production on the field. And then off the field, he's played well enough the past two seasons to where he does deserve that new contract. And I hope he's able to rehab, get right, and get him back, get back to playing at the level that we saw in the 2019 season and during this season. And I wish him a speedy recovery yeah me too but with everything they was looking in the first round outside linebacker these last two years you know and he did what he had to do to get this tag which was a small bag now he was looking for the big bag this coming off season time will tell and we'll see what happened with bud but for the most part um i will wish him a speedy recovery in that part coach getting back to the pittsburgh steelers they just looking at not only did we leave a lot of plays out on the field, we gave the Baltimore Ravens too many chances. We can't give the Buffalo Bills too many chances. We can't give the Tennessee Titans too many chances. We can't give the Kansas City Chiefs too many chances. Because if we do, and if we do get to 16-0, and and everything is 0-0 by the time that playoff, that tournament starts, we're no good. So Coach T, like, man, I don't even want to walk into the playoffs like this. I would rather take an L now or I would rather lose against the Baltimore Ravens tonight to to walk into a stadium trying to get into the playoffs the way we played last night. McLeod fumbled the punt, and that's what kind of kick-started the Baltimore Ravens. At least five drops, five secure drops by his receivers. Giving up a third and nine coming into the third quarter, which was the longest run play since RG3 was with the Washington team, 39, 40 yards. Like, fellas, what, you, what we doing? What y'all doing? You know, and, and, and for me, that was getting back to kind of unselfish, one, unselfish football by the defense. Uh, I'm sorry, selfish football by some of the defensive players. Two, it was good uh, – a good game plan, a good scheme by the Baltimore Ravens. You got to tilt your hat towards them too as well. Using the strength of T.J. Watt and making it his weakness and knowing how aggressive he is coming off the ball, letting him go upfield and running right behind him. So say. So, but as, as, as Coach T will look at it, I can see and I can understand his frustration. He don't want to limp into the playoffs. That man do not want to limp into the playoffs. And he don't care nothing about who's hurt, 
because we said nothing 11 and 0. They kind of forgot about Devin Bush since he's been hurt. And what the Pittsburgh Steelers going to do without Devin Bush? Well, shucks, they're 11 and 0 without De- Devin Bush. Okay, now Bud to, the Bud Dupree uh, has the ACL. So Pittsburgh going to be like, well, people outside of Pittsburgh are going to be like, what the hell the Pittsburgh Steelers going to do? Because Tom don't want to hear nothing. He does not want to hear no part of that. You know what I'm saying? And we talk about him loving adversity and him being off script a lot. This is an off script moment for Coach T. But we got to, well, I fail to understand Coach T's frustration on I'm not limping into the playoffs because if, if Baltimore would have won his game, even though they're in the hunt, Pittsburgh probably would have saw Baltimore again if Baltimore would have won his game. And it would have been, they would have been at full steam with the guys who was on the COVID list. They would have been back with the Baltimore Ravens if they wasn't playing the playoffs. Like I say, Mark, Coach T looking at KC, he looking at the Buffalo Bills, and they get to play the Buffalo Bills. And he's looking at the Tennessee Titans. And that's going to be a measuring stick. I don't care what people say. You know, the Buffalo Bills going to be a measuring stick right now, I think. The Buffalo Bills going to be a measuring stick. And please do not sleep on the Washington team because the Washington team record doesn't show how good this team is come Sunday. That defensive line in Washington is scary. They get after the quarterback. They're able to stop the run. And so they're in the hunt, too, in the NFC East where that's totally up for grabs. So that's a very meaningful game. That line is not out yet. So we don't know. I'd imagine the Steelers will be favored in that one. That line is not out Right now, again, we're recording Thursday afternoon. There's not a spread on that one yet. And then the following week against Buffalo. And, okay, maybe some of the drops are related to that extended period off because, remember, this Steelers-Ravens game was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving night. That obviously didn't happen. It got bumped back multiple times. And then we have a game nearly a week later on Wednesday afternoon, which was just so goofy. But we'll see – how the Steelers respond without Bud Dupree. Rookie Alex Highsmith, the Steelers' third-round draft pick, is expected to fill that role with Dupree's injury. So we'll see how he does. But, Ike, you mentioned the drops from the receivers. There were a few other things that really stuck out to me. Chris Boswell, the kicker, who's been as consistent as any kicker since I've started watching Steelers football just a few years ago, he missed his fourth extra point of the season. I'd rather get them out of the way now, but that's not a trend I want to see continue as we get late into the season and into the playoffs because this guy's got to be automatic from really 50 yards in. He has to be, and you don't want that to cost you when you need three late in a game and you need him to be reliable. So he had a missed extra point, which again, his fourth on the year, not a trend I like to see. But then is this game a different outcome a huge play in this one was at the end of the first half when the Ravens mismanaged the clock, time expires. Uh, Minkah Fitzpatrick broke up a pass intended for tight end Mark Andrews. But if the Ravens right. score on that or even get three points, you're talking of potentially this potentially being a completely different game. And so it was just, I think Coach Tomlin's words in terms of this being a JV game. And then he even said that the red zone execution was or lack thereof was just because the team sucks. He, he's not sugarcoating it at all, but this was just a really sloppy game. And I really think that the Steelers were lucky to come out victorious. 
during Wednesday afternoon's game. The first Wednesday game for the Steelers since 1936 when they were known as the Pirates back then. It's still so weird for me to say Wednesday afternoon football. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that even a day later. Coach Town is looking at it. My records say we're 11-0 by the Pittsburgh Steelers standards. We took a loss. So technically, we 10-1, fellas. Yeah, we can feel good at, at, at this record. We can feel good about being undefeated. But last night, we really took a loss because we took a step back. There won't nothing about last night was moving forward. And that's how I'm, I'm just guessing, Mark. That's how I'm getting Coach T is addressing that team right now. Like, yeah, we won. And I understand how down bad the Baltimore Ravens. You know what, guys? We lucky Lamar and Mark didn't play. Because if they would have played, we would have got mollywhopped on how we played last night. You know what I'm saying? So that's just how I'm guessing my personal opinion on what Coach T is telling his players right now. I'm sure he's getting them ready for the Washington. Well, Ben said it last night, and that's what I do love about Coach Tomlin. He'll get back to the Baltimore Ravens game, but last night they had a team meeting, and they started watching tape on the Washington team. So that's, that's letting you know how Coach Team has his team wired. So we play a game, and I'm, and I'm just guessing this will happen. We're going to play the game. Y'all come back to the facility. We have the cooks in the cafeteria ready for y'all. Meeting starting at 8 o'clock. Meeting starting at 8. We're going to watch Washington team. We're going to give y'all the game plan. We're going to do an hour of work for go with your position group or with your team, whatever the OC or the DC want to do. Go with them. They're going to let y'all know. See y'all again on Friday. But when I heard Ben say in that post-meeting, in that, in that post-game conference, I got to hurry up and get off because we have a team meeting and we watch the tape tonight. I said, damn, Coach T got this team wired the way he wants it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 everybody's bought in, you know? So we play on Thursday at 340, and that's what I'm saying. Coach T loves this off-script stuff. 340, perfect. We can, come, we can come back in. I can get these guys showered and ready. I can get them their food from the cafeteria workers. We can watch tape. At least give an offense or defense coordinator an hour. I can talk to them as a team before we start everything. We get ready for the Washington team. I see y'all boys on Thursday, Thursday morning. Let's go. So coach teams. So that, that's in a that, that's perfect for Coach T. That's perfect for Coach T. So when I heard Big Ben say that in his post-game press conference, I'm like, Coach T got his team exactly what he wants him mentally. Exactly what he wants him mentally. What happens in that film room, though, watching the tape from this game, though? To be a fly on the wall, I can't even imagine just because we're talking about how sloppy of a performance that it was. I'm imagining there are quite a few guys getting, getting some – getting gonna, chewed he's gonna out. Up, he's going to bring up – he's going to bring up what we talked about. He's going to bring up on the offensive side the five missed drops. And he's going to bring up the running game. On the defensive side, he's going to bring up the third downs that they converted on. And you call – in football, we call them the money downs. Anything past, anything past third to ten, defense should win that automatically. 
automatically. For us as the Pittsburgh Steelers, anything past 36, we should win. If it's 36, we should win that thing. Easy. Easy. And for for them to, to give up a lot of third down conversions, I'm talking about big plays on third downs. I'm talking about Hollywood Brown had a big play on third on third down. You know what I'm saying? He scored on third down. You know what I'm saying? RG3 ran for 39 yards on third down. So they had a, a lot of key third down conversions that I'm sure Coach T wanted cleaned up. The the muff punt, the muff punt with McLeod, you know, it, in the back of the end zone, you know, on their territory with the seven-yard line. So now you just gave them hope. They go from taking their breath out of them to giving them hope. That fast in one play. Just just one play, Mark. Yeah. One yeah. play gave, gave them hope, and they wind up scoring. Let me piggyback mm-hmm. off that. Take the scheme out of it because we could say, oh, well, on that play, Joe Hayden was playing underneath and Terrell Edmonds whiffed, whatever. They got beat by Hollywood Brown. Take the scheme out of it. Take, just take this. Hollywood Brown has his best fantasy football performance this season based on one play thanks to Last Trace night, McSorley, the third-string quarterback. That's all you need to know. Right. That's all you need right. to know. Right. So that's, that's – and that's what Coach T looking at. Like, basically, Coach T said, they had their JV out, though, and we played down to the – JV level. That's 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 all he's saying. They had their JV boys out there, and we had our varsity boys out on the outside, but we played out of JV. So basically, fellas, y'all giving y'all giving other people a a JV look team on the other side, and opportunity for other teams to look like if they can do this against the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's give them a shot at the Baltimore Ravens relation. So basically, y'all y'all pumping them without even knowing y'all pumping them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how Coach T feeling right now, and I'm sure he's gonna have them guys more than ready about time to come. But please do not sleep. Please do not sleep on the Washington team because I seen his defense play, and they have what is it three first rounders on that defensive line? Jonathan Allen, Chase, and I think I'm missing one. Do not sleep because they can get to seven with just rushing four. They don't have to bring five. So uh, the only thing that's been hurting the Washington team is the carousel of quarterbacks because they got a nice little running game. They got a few good receivers, and you can see what the defense do. So do not sleep (laughs) on this Washington team, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Ike, I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. with Pittsburgh. The pick six by Joe Hayden and then Steven Nelson with the huge hit on the swing pass. These were both plays in the first half for the Steelers. You talked about this. Both guys stay on their respective sides of the ball and they can start to pick up tendencies. And I think you saw that on full display on both of those plays. And I thought those were two huge impact plays in the first half for the Steelers. So I learned this from Coach T. And I'm I'm, going to give you a little secret. Your cornerback on the left side, cornerbacks who play left side, they diagnose formations, tips, and tendencies well if you play in left corner. They gamble a little bit more because the quarterbacks are right-handed and little to none, you have a, 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 a middle high safety that might lean to you a little bit more because the strength side of a lot of offense is because the right-handed quarterbacks, right? 
your right cornerback has to be probably your second best tackle on the team. And here's the reason why. Because your outside linebackers, outside linebackers usually are not going get to the, get to the flats. You're going to be one-on-one more than none because everything is watch-sided towards the right side. That's why you have your DK Metcalfs, your Antonio Browns, your Mike Evans, your Lockets. Uh, that's your all your main guys are usually sitting on the backside of that defense. So your one of your best corners who can tackle have to play on that right side. And later on in my career, I had to play on the right side. I'm like, Coach T, why you ain't let me rock and left? He was like. Man, you're one of my best tacklers. So just look, where, where, where are all the one-on-one situations if you're looking at the quarterback? Ike, if the quarterback see you nine yards off a receiver, where do you think he's going? If there's, a, if there's a run play and he see a single high safety and he's looking to your side, where he throwing the ball to? My side. Why? Because there's really no help on my side. And if, if I miss the tackle, it's going to be between him and the safety in the end zone. Yes. So that that's why I need you on that side. So if you from here on out, if you just start looking, Mark, and for the viewers who are listening, it's it's a lot of one on one action on the right side of that defense of that defense because on the defensive side everything shifted to the strength, which is usually the left side of the defense because the right hand side because it's more predominant right hand quarterback, so everything is shifted to the right side of the offense. So it's a lot of one-on-ones on that backside. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because of the swing pass and the hit of Nelson on the running back line. And that's what Coach T is looking for for the right side of that defense. you got to be a solid tackle. I'm not saying Joe ain't. You know, I think Joe could be on his way to the Hall of Fame. I think he's one of the best so far Pittsburgh Steelers uh, corners just by the way he's playing at a later, at a later stage in his career. Like I – I S with Joe, and I can't curse right now, but I S with Joe. Like Joe is, <laughs> Joe is pretty damn cool to me, and I like his style. I like his play. You know what I'm saying? I've been liking that since his Florida days. So that's letting you know how much I like Joe. But um, Nelson is a hell of a tackler. You know, and you can see why on that backside you need guys who make them kind of tackles because you're going to be one on one a lot of times. I want to go to the flip side of the ball, the Ravens cornerbacks and defensive backs, just in general. Marlon Humphrey, in his ability to punch out the football, reminds me a lot of your college teammate, Ike, Charles mm-hmm. Tillman. And it seemed like he was either breaking up a pass by getting his hands in last second or even forcing fumbles. And there's a reason why he's tied for the NFL lead and forced fumbles this season. Just what an asset that this is to this Ravens defense. Check this out, Mark. You got to, since we're talking about corners right and left side, and you got to post this because this going to go good with it. Since you brought up the Baltimore Ravens and Marlon Humphreys, on the left side, on the left side, who's, who's the cornerback on the left side for the Baltimore Ravens? Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is known for catching picks, having interceptions, gambling, or making plays. There go your Joe Hayden for the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the right side, you have a who? Of the Baltimore Ravens. Marlon Humphrey. He's good for tackling one-on-one. And by far, between him and Jalen Ramsey, you can, him, Jalen Ramsey, and Stephon Gilmore, 
whichever one you want to put at number one, you can argue, but man, it's really, it's really, it's one A, one B, one C. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to paint the picture. On the left side, you got guys who gamble, understand formations. And yeah, if you watch enough tape, you're going to try to double move them guys, but they're going to make their plays. Joe Hayden, uh, Marcus Peters. On the right side, you got guys who are solid tacklers, who are going to, <laughs> who are going to get paid. A lot of one-on-one coverage. Humphreys is, is getting into He's putting a little tool in the toolbox with a peanut punch. A guy I played with, uh, one of the things you mentioned before this show, like when you texted me last night, you was like, man, he reminded me of peanut with that peanut punch because look at what he, look at what he's doing. It's hard to catch picks on the right side because you're damn near pretty much always a man-to-man. On the left side, you can kind of watch the ball come to you, dissect route combination and get your picks. But for him to add that to his toolbox saying a lot of, says a lot about uh, Humphreys, the cornerback from the Baltimore Ravens. But I just wanted to throw that out there, the right and the left side, since who was already talking about it. Well, it's not surprising to me because you always mention the similarities. Of course, the Steelers and Ravens, huge AFC North rivalry, but how they're built so similarly, that doesn't surprise me at all in terms of the skill set that both teams have at the cornerback position in the sense of how similar both organizations are built. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Nah, I mean, you got a good memory because we talked about this a long time ago. How I felt like, not how I felt, but I mean, if you're going to steal a blueprint, you might as well steal a blueprint when it came down to drafting guys from the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think they know what they're doing, you know, and that's what the Baltimore Ravens did. You know, they, they liked the blueprint. They took it. They know what it meant to come out of the AFC North. You had to be tough and physical, period. That's just, that's just how it's going to be. You got to run the ball, which the Pittsburgh Steelers are not doing very well. You got to run the ball. You got to have a quarterback who is cool on throwing the ball in the cold weather. Flacco coming from, was it Delaware? He went to his college, Flacco College, so it was Delaware. So he already knew how to throw in the cold. Like it wasn't nothing to him. Big Ben, Coming from Miami, Ohio, he already threw in the code, so it 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 wasn't it wasn't nothing to him. So you 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 get guys and you draft guys because you always think in November, December, January football, you know, and you know they they got the same kind of recipe, but Pittsburgh Steelers they started that. Just a few other things like that I noticed, and then we'll start to wrap up here. Benny mm-hmm. Snell in the fourth quarter really got cooking, and he. Benny Snell did his best beast mode impersonation on that run, and he trucked Marcus Peters, who is a terrific mm-hmm. cornerback. I thought that play, but really it was the third and three, the start of the fourth quarter, and it's okay, or the Ravens are going to get a stop. What's going to happen? And he gets like a 10-yard gain, and he had to be patient, and he had to wait for the play to develop, and he gets 10 yards, and the Steelers get the first down. I really thought that he – he played really well down the stretch and helping the Steelers run out the clock. But then how about that floating pass that Ben Roethlisberger had for James Washington? You ever play 500 growing up, Ike, when you just get, you know, 300 dead or alive and you just toss it up. That was that kind of throw from big Ben on that play to convert for the first down. And this is going back to coach T and I got to give some props to big Ben because big Ben has, and this coming from the announcers, you know, Mike Tirico, you know, I love Mike Tirico, man. He got his own style. And you're a huge fan of Mike Tirico as well. But 
Chris Collinsworth, uh, he used to love when I come into the meetings because I used to give him a rundown on our side of the ball and their side of the ball. He was like, damn, we ain't never got to go to a computer. Like, you just going to tell us on both sides on what's going on because I was just that much into football. So for James Washington to be that wired, because he had little to no playing time that game. You know what I'm saying? And for him of late to come into a game and understand the moment and how crucial it was to seal a deal on the third down and a lock-in and a focus and to come up with that big play, that says a lot about James Washington. Because James Washington could be making plays, big plays for other teams right now. So Pittsburgh with Deontay Johnson, you got Eric Ebram, they kind of using him as a wide receiver now. You got Juju. Juju has become like your tough third and three, third and six guy. You got Chase Claypool, a young stud. He's coming out of this show. You got McLeod, who Coach T called his jet sweep guy. Everybody forgot about old James Washington coming from Oklahoma State. You know what I'm saying? And James only had a few plays in that game, and that that play was the biggest play of the game. Because if Baltimore would have got the ball back, ain't no telling. They had the momentum, so ain't no telling what the Baltimore Ravens would have done. But that just says a lot about James and him staying in the game with little to no playing time coming up at a crucial moment. We have a listener question from Sam Renchen, and he asks us, will the Steelers go undefeated? He says, personally, I don't think so. I'm with Sam. I know this Washington football team could be a trap game, and that game's going to be on Monday, Ike. But you're playing three games in the span of about 12 days. 12 days. You then yeah. have the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football. That's going to be tough. And don't look past the Indianapolis Colts in week 16 as well. Right. And so these right. next five games are going to be tough for the Steelers as they're battling injuries as well. I'm going to lean. I'm going to say no. I don't think that they'll run the table. What do you think, Ike? No, I don't think so as well. Go ahead and let me lose to Washington. Go ahead and let me take my L to Washington because they're not in, they're not in the uh, in the AFC. So I can go ahead and be pissed off and, and blow the Buffalo Bills out and let them know what's coming to them down the line because I'm going to see them. <laughs> like that's, 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 that's just how I wanted to happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let me take this L because we should have took an L on our record last week against the Baltimore Ravens, but we didn't. I'm cool with that. So I'd rather take an L from the NFC team than take an L from the AFC team because of the playoff placement. So let me go out on take this L from the Washington team, get mad, pissed off, and let me go out on smoke the Buffalo Bills when we see them in a couple of weeks. Well, thank you to Sam for that. We also have a five-star review from J.C. Howard, 42. He says, Ike Taylor is one of my favorite Steelers he entertains while speaking truth. Great content as always. So thank you to JC Howard 42. And Ike, if you want to give him a shout out, go ahead. Shout out JC Howard 42. Appreciate you. You know, me and Mark, we just get cooking. You know, we chefing in the kitchen right now, but appreciate that compliment. We're in the kitchen right now. We got a small little kitchen, but we about to open up, you know, our little cafe. And after our cafe, cafe we got to open up the restaurant. So we just taking it step by step. JC, so you're going to get a lot more of Ike Taylor and Mark Bergen in the future, I guarantee you. But appreciate you tuning in and watching, and thanks for the compliment.
right from the frying pan, right into the fire. Ike, final thoughts before we sign off here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. Oh, man. They're going to be mad at me, man, but I got to watch the team winning. Wow. Outright. Okay. So we'll see what that spread comes out to. Again, that line is not out at the time of this recording. Again, I'd imagine the Steelers will be favored, but again, Ike, I think you're spot on that defensive line from this Washington football team and rookie Chase Young, who he's built like Javon Curse. We don't need to get fully into all of that, but he's played right, really, right. really well. And that defensive right. line can be scary in the sense that they only need to rush three or four to get after a quarterback. Yeah. Um, te- technically, he, he's, built, he's built like a – Jadavian Clowney, but he's he's a lot more aggressive right now. He's a lot more elusive. So how you was looking at Jadavian Clowney coming out and wanting him to perform as a rookie, that's what Chase Young is doing right now. And he says one of the reasons why he's doing that because he don't want his mom to be talking smack on him and still catching whoopings from his mom <laughs> as as a as a young man, you know. And I can relate to all that. Like, I really won't – I ain't scared of nobody, but I know if you call my mom, it's going to be some issues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Miss Corey don't play no games. So, that's, that's, that's just how it is. Like, my mama to this day, you know, she look at me a certain way. I'm like, my, you know, I was just playing. Like, I, like you, you, know, you know, I was just playing. But uh, I get it, man. Chase, Chase is – Chase is playing better than my expectations of Chase. I thought Chase was going to be playing like this later on during the season, maybe in the second year of his career. But as soon as he hit the ground in Washington, he, he's been a lot – he's been really all the attitude because he's – I tell you this, Mark. When you see a young man standing up and watching the offense and standing beside his head coach, that says a lot on how in tune – he is in a football game. Usually you see guys sitting on the bench with their defensive player sitting on the bench. Chase ain't doing that, Mark. It just, just start paying attention to Chase. Chase is up. If it's 60 minutes of that ball game, Chase is up. 57 minutes of that ball game, just watching and seeing what the offense is doing, moving side to side where his head coach, Riverboat Ryan, is going. That's what I love about Chase. And for me, man, that's a young guy being in tune with the game. You always say the sideline tells the story. So Washington will play Pittsburgh on Monday. That'll be a 5 o'clock Eastern time start. So we'll have the doubleheader on Monday night, which will be exciting. I think the Steelers take care of business against Washington, but that Buffalo game is going to be awfully tough. And so that's my prediction moving forward. I'm going to go against you, Ike, but – again, it's going to be a tough for the next five weeks. And again, I certainly don't expect the Steelers to run the table, but 11 and 0, it's a good spot to be even despite some of the injuries, but I'll go ahead and sign off here. It's always a pleasure to do the podcast with you. Appreciate you each week. Appreciate the listeners and to our sponsors over at betonline.ag. So go check them out as well. But I, this is always, like I say, say this week in week out, always a highlight of my week. Man, make sure y'all tune in to Ike Taylor and Mark Bergen on the Believe in Steelers podcast. I know we're just getting started, but, <laughs> man, this kitchen going to be into a restaurant, I'm trying to tell y'all, man. That's how, that's how the greats do it. We, we just enjoying the process. Thanks for all the viewers and listeners. 
make sure y'all go on and man, give us our five stars. You know, I know y'all like y'all five stars when y'all go to restaurants. I know y'all like y'all five stars when y'all go to hotels. And right, like, right now, y'all listen to five star guys. So it's two of us. Maybe we should get 10 stars between Ike Taylor and Mark Bergen. Again, I want to thank Bet Online for just being with us from the get go. Appreciate you, Bet Online, in that aspect for sponsoring the Ike Taylor and Mark Bergen show, aka Believe in Steelers podcast. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you next week after Monday night's game. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.